0: And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by KSL
1: Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, thank you very much for making us a part of your day. What's up, Ben? Doing well. How are you? I'm fine. It's a nice nice scarf. You really are a scarf person. How yeah, many- you know what? Well, I've inherited several from
0: my grandfather who died last year, and he had a bunch of nice ones. Nice <laughs> like, scarf. He would get one every year for Christmas and apparently would wear it once or twice. So you've got quite the arsenal. I do. Though. I've... I've- moved on from sweaters, which I still have sweaters, but I've just kind of little, gotten a little more casual, and now I have a lot of scarves. But I realize they really are the key to keeping you warm. Now, I like sweaters because it's like, oh, it keeps you warm. No, the scarf just traps everything in whatever you're wearing, so you stay warm all, all winter. Now, what percentage of your
1: closet space is occupied by scarves? The nice thing is they don't take up much room. No, they that don't. That is the
0: problem. I don't have a big house. You you saw my house. I have a little tiny house, and I am very limited closet space. So- When I have a bunch of big fat sweaters, they take up way too much space, way more than they're worth considering I'll wear them from, you know, mid-November to March. They just take up Too huge of a percentage of my space. So scarves are nice because you can tuck them basically anywhere you want. So I probably have a couple in my sock drawer. I have a couple in like a junk drawer. I have some hanging on the coat rack. Like I have scarves all over the house. Always there when you need it. They are though, but I have, I probably have six or
1: seven. Hey, I need to be more cozy or, hey, I need to take out the trash. A scarf sure would be nice right now. Bam, right there. It really is. Right where you need it. Hello. Uh, ben, we have a lot to do today. Jeremiah Jensen is going to be on the show at the, uh, what, top of the 11 o'clock 11 hour? 11 o'clock hour. Very famous uh, Jeremiah Jensen, Channel 5, uh, KSL TV. Who's and the most, uh, Who's the most
0: famous person involved in this whole deal we got going on? With the whole KSL Sports KSL family?
1: Sports, The Zone. Well, Jeremiah's been on TV for a long time. Yeah. So he's a candidate. I mean, you know, hands-played
0: in Hans the played. NFL.
1: Mm-hmm. Scott he Mitchell a long time Scott Mitchell Yeah
0: So It's not us It's not us it's Definitely not us I mean DJ's been around DJ's a, Oh David James
1: is world he's famous a yeah. you know, he's, he's a staple He's Jim Rome's buddy
0: Yeah right Yeah this, there's a lot of guys out there
1: it's And not, Megan Maybe it's not, Megan It's not PK Megan's top I mean Megan's
0: the first woman Who's ever been on these airwaves Of any kind So that's I don't know if that's Entirely revolutionary. true Revolutionary Yeah it's true <laughs> Yeah, I'll say You're forgetting true. JT the I'll traffic babe. No, we don't need that. We like <laughs> Megan, the employee. <laughs> Megan, the very productive
1: employee. Hey, JT was very nice.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she was. We um, need to
1: call her the traffic babe. That was, her, that was the title. Don't blame That's me, Ben. I didn't come up it's with it. That the title. That was her name. We like Megan, the, the producer, the incredibly talented producer. Or just Megan the human, Ben. Come on.
0: No, well, she can have a title just doesn't need to be based on her appearance.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, yeah. JT was awesome. You know what she did for me when I worked the morning shift when I produced DJ and PK? And I had, you know, she was my safety net for making sure I was out of bed. Because if she she would call the studio Uh at a certain time. okay, And if I did not answer, then she would call my phone to be like, yo, are you... Coming in or what? Huh. she was very much uh, like morning, morning person. person. Mm-hmm. That was early. Why do we call her that? JT the morning the person. The morning person. <laughs> but she was also on in the afternoon. Huh. She had a very interesting uh, companion. I say companion because they weren't married. But okay. One of those cousin Eddie types like holding out for a managerial position yeah. like that, that yeah. kind of thing. I had a conversation with a friend whose sister was dating a guy like that.
0: There's, there's guys like there's types there's cool types of people and there's less cool types of people so, right. Right, so there, you know what I one of the greatest explanations I won't say who he was talking about but it's a very funny person for this to be the explanation Gordy Chase I once told me about a guy he knew that was on what he called lifetime scholarship which I've absolutely stolen it's just the guy who was coasting throughout his whole life who never who always finds a way to never work hard a day in his life Lifetime scholarship, and that's what I call
1: that's, it now. That's well put. Yeah. yeah, and and by the way, this was a long time ago. The guy could be own his own company for yeah. all I know. Yeah. I don't, you know, <laughs> again, long time ago. it doesn't mean you're not successful. There. Doesn't no. mean you haven't made a lot of money. Some people make a lot of money, <laughs> but they're on
0: lifetime scholarship. Right? They just have a charm to them that allows them to just kind of skate by.
1: Yeah. All right, Ben. Let's uh, let's dive into things. Of course, we've got a rose bowl to prepare for, but. Uh, Let's start things out. The Jazz are playing tonight, uh, taking on the Blazers, which might be the most disappointing team in the league so far. Certainly a candidate, right? I think my first take of our first show was that the Trailblazers are not going to make the playoffs. I
0: think that was yes. the very first take yes. I had on this. and i It's looking I, good. Honestly, I just have not been paying that much attention to them because I've been watching the Suns. I've been watching Golden State. You know, I watched them last night. been watching whatever I can in the East. and. I'm just not watching the Blazers. And so I wrote a story last night. In fact, I literally just published it a couple of seconds ago uh, at kslsports.com. You can go find it there on my Twitter account at Ben's Hoops. They've lost nine of their last 12. I mean, they're just, they're a disaster, Jake. We talked about yesterday, you know, it's not hard to be a jazz fan right now. Not every win may feel easy. There's probably a little bit of murkiness about what their ceiling is because we saw how good they were during the regular season last year and got ousted by the Clippers in the second round. But man, you look at the Blazers right now. It's so hard to be a Portland fan. It's so hard to be a fan of that team where there's no real hope to get better unless they blow it up. And then you're looking at a three or four rebuild, hoping that it gets better. Hoping that they can find a piece in a rebuild that will will turn them around. Because, man, they are are terribly, terribly bad. Ben, they're a game back of Sacramento. Right. (laughs) Like, Sacramento's a (laughs) stock. Portland has a top... 10 player, top 15 player any any given season in in Damian Lillard. I mean it's just you should never be you should never be worse in position than your best player is in their ranking in the NBA. I think that's probably not too terribly difficult Seems to build. Fair. Like you have LeBron, you should really probably be the best team in the NBA. And you have Kevin Durant, you should probably be the second best team in the NBA. Like it should be a pretty straight line down of who your best players are. Now when you combine those guys and you get Rudy Gobert who's the 8th or ninth best player and Donovan Mitchell who's the 10th or 11th best player or whoever you want to say it, you can move up to being the 3rd or 4th best. But if you only have kind of one guy, the fact that you still should have $80 million to build around them with role players or pieces that complement them, you should never be significantly worse than the ranking of your best player. And Damian Lillard is no worse than the 10th or 15th best player in the NBA, which means Portland should probably be a playoff team, especially in the West right now, which is awful. The West is so bad right now, and they're what are they? Eleventh? Yeah, but they're part of the
1: stink, though. Correct, but they shouldn't be. <laughs> right, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be. be. No, I I I agree with you. Although Damian Lillard has not played very well, I mean by his standards, right? Um, so they, that might be part of it. But the guys around him they've they've never managed to put the correct pieces around Damian Lillard, and that's uh a, you know. Oftentimes, Ben, we, we like loyalty and things like that. And I, I admit I like that about Damian Lillard, that he's been loyal to the city, to the franchise, to all of that. I, I admire that about him. But I, it's situations like this that shouldn't surprise people when superstars say, listen, I'm going somewhere else. Because Portland, the the organization has failed him. Now some of it is they just swung and missed. And I get that. You know, I liked the the Nurkic trade at the time. I think he's done some nice things for that for them, had a couple of really, you know, bad injuries that have that have gotten in the way, but it hasn't worked. You know, I thought signing Powell last year was a great move. Yeah. It didn't do anything. Yep. So, you know, Lillard is not the problem. Clearly they have
0: Bozo's running the front office. I mean, Neil O'Shea got run out, rightfully so. They fired Terry Stotts, who was probably their best person in coaching, management, et cetera. They got rid of him for Chauncey Billups, who doesn't know what he's doing. They just doesn't know what he's doing. Good coach to bad coach. They went good coach to bad coach, and like obviously good coach to bad coach. Yes, like nobody expected Chauncey to be very good, and everyone knew Terry Stotts was very good. Like they made a bizarrely bad decision there. Damian Lillard. Is our generations, even though Kevin Kevin Garnett was also our generation, he's kind of this era's Kevin Garnett, which is just, he's wasting away his prime in mediocrity because it's a a mediocre franchise. Like, the Timberwolves were so poorly run while Kevin Garnett was there that they were trying to secretly pay players under the table. Remember that with Joe yeah, Smith do. and they ended up yep. losing a bunch of draft picks? Like While you had Kevin Garnett and should be building around him, they were trying to cheat the system and it ended up costing them draft picks. That is the same level of incompetence you're seeing in Portland right now. And it's going to take Damian Lillard finding his way out, asking for a trade, forcing his way out, whatever it is, to go land on a team like KG did when he went to Boston. And I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, if he followed it up with a championship if he gets to the right spot.
1: Because he's that good of a player. Man, Kevin McHale was a bad GM. Real (laughs) bad. Yeah, real bad. You know, interesting, that Celtics team had three GMs, future GMs, right? They had Bird. Yeah. Danny. Disaster as a GM. Really good coach. Really good coach. Disaster as a general manager. Twice for the Pacers. Yep, Uh, And then you had Danny Ainge, who's been really good. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yep. Not the best player of the three. Not even close. No. Best GM for sure. 100%. Yeah, oh, yeah, Danny's great for an office member and, you know, proved it. And, and he would have to be a, he, he, he could be an average for an office member and be the best amongst those. Three. Yeah,
0: for sure. No question about it. So I, I think that's where Dame has to get to. I think Portland's going to have to bite that bullet. Uh, but man, and they've also been beat up by injuries. I get that, you know, right. I mean, I've just pulled it up right now. CJ McCollum remains out with a right lung pneumothorax, which means he's got the collapsed lung. Dennis Smith. You, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, Cody Zeller, Robert Covington, Ben McLemore, Kalen Blevins, Trendon Watford. I don't know who Trendon Watford is. Uh, they're all on health and safety protocols. So no CJ, no Yusuf Nurkic, no Cody Zeller, and no Robert Covington. I mean, that team is so death- it's So uh, it's Damien then. It's the da- and even then, he was questionable right before last game for personal reasons and played. But like you said, Damien, I mean, he also hasn't been very good this year. I mean, and that's, you know, it's probably a little bit of exhaustion from being on this team that's awful. It's probably a care factor that's dropped a little bit, but he was at 28.8 points a game last year, 30 the year before that. He's dropped to 23.9 points per game. He's shooting 32% from the three-point line and 40% from the floor. I mean, those are career lows from both the floor and the three-point line. He's only going to the free throw line six times, which is still a decent amount, but that's the fewest he's gone since his third season in the NBA. Like, it's just been... It's been rough He's not adapted There's no one on his team that to, to really like, You have to pay attention to So all the defensive attention Goes to him And then Chauncey Billups Hasn't put him in a situation To succeed So I think they gotta start over
1: So That would mean Moving on from Damien Gotta move on from be... Dame Gotta trade CJ See Let's, let's do a little bit of a, An autopsy on this Then okay. Ben I never liked The combination Of, of Damien And CJ Same It's duplication Correct and and that never made a whole lot of sense to me. This year, those two between them are let's see, making about seventy million dollars, right? So a pretty significant part of your salary cap. Norman uh, Norman uh, Powell is at fifteen five. Covington is at twelve nine. Nurkic is at twelve even. Larry Nance Jr. is at ten, and that's the bulk of your yeah. your salaries right there. I mean, take that thirty one from CJ. And what what's a better fit, Ben? Uh, a complimentary wing, Miles uh, Turner. Miles Turner, Miles great has always been
0: the guy. I have thought that should they should be their target. If you're not going to go out and try and get Ben Simmons, which is kind of the big name that's always floating around, that is probably available. If you want to piece together the right, you know, players together, I would go look at Miles Turner because we know Indiana also wants to blow it up. So go get a big guy who can protect the rim. He's not Rudy Gobert defensively, but he's good. We, we've seen Miles Turner here in Utah. We, he's he's a good player. You know, he, he's not Jokic, he's not Gobert and he's not Embiid. But in that next group of guys, yeah. like Jonas Valančiūnas, like he's right there in that conversation. So he's, you know, top 10 center he makes in the NBA,
1: instantly tougher. Instantly
0: tougher, gives you some rim protection. Nurkic is fine, but ever since his leg break, you know, he just has not come back the same Different guy. Player, and wasn't ever really the defensive player or rim protector that they needed. So that that would be my target if you're trying to salvage this and you're not starting all over. But they might just might as well start over. They might just
1: start over. And let Damien go somewhere where, where he has a chance yeah. to win.
0: And you can probably get a haul again. I don't love the idea of rebuilds. I don't love draft picks, especially when your front office is so bad you couldn't build around Damian Lillard. And now we're hoping to replace him with a draft pick, and then you think you're going to build around him that time. Yeah. Like I don't have a lot of faith in that. But also like you're just reanimating this dead body over and over and it's just not getting you very far anymore.
1: The Blazers payroll this year by the way Ben 142.9 million the luxury bucks. Tax.
0: You're paying the luxury big tax big time
1: for a team that is behind the Kings 7 games below 500 <laughs> or whatever it is. That is staring up at the Sacramento Kings Ben. That should be your the wake up call for any franchise who's not yes. intentionally trying to lose. It's a good point. It's the North Star. That's it. If you wake up and Sacramento's
0: in front of you, you're doing something wrong. Guys, sound the alarm. We yeah. just fell behind the yeah, Kings. That's the Mendoza line, yeah. right, of I've baseball. The Kings are the Mendoza line. If you're worse than the Kings,
1: it's real bad. You're probably not an NBA team. All hands meeting immediately. Everybody at attention you because that we, we game, just fell by the attack
0: growing up where the shark is chasing you and you're just rolling dice to stay in front of it. The kings are the shark and you are the piece that you're trying to move ahead with the dice to just constantly stay in front of the shark.
1: And honestly, as, as we're talking about Portland, um, the transfer of generation... Of sports franchises is complicated sometimes, and in this case, it is complicated. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think many were really expecting Paul Allen to go so soon. I mean, felt like he was, who was a younger man yep. in in these kind of discussions, and I don't know how prepared that family was to kind of transfer things and continue to run multiple sports organizations. Yep. But I don't know how smoothly that's really going. No, at all,
0: and, and, and that's understandable. If you want, if you're a billionaire. And you want to buy a team and you enjoy it and it's, you know, it's something you've kind of dabbled in and want to love it, you, you can. But it's also totally understandable to say, hey, my kids don't have the same interest in that. It, it's not a small job. No. You know, it's not a small thing to be able to do. And we've talked about it. If you're a billionaire, you're wired a little bit differently. You just generally are. You have a different type of work ethic and desire and and value system than other people have. You're willing to sacrifice enormous things to gain other enormous things in kind of a a, a strange balance. And it's not a criticism of these people, but it's got to be a different style of uh, lifestyle. Your kids are just not likely to be like you are as that billionaire to feel like they have that same ability to balance those things.
1: I always thought... And let me let me say this, the, the transition from Larry to the rest of the family with the Utah Jazz was not entirely smooth. I mean, there were some things that here and there, I mean, Gail had to restructure some things multiple yep. times. Gail herself had to take more active role at times. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it, this is a real life situation. But the franchise itself, Ben, really continued to be run at a top notch level. But that's because of Gail. Oh, I totally that was agree. Because Gail
0: but, didn't just throw it carte blanche onto the kids and say, you guys figure it out. She recognized, like, hey, yes. what are the strengths of this? How are we going to keep kind of a through line from ownership to from, from Larry to either the family trust or to the next owner? And she thought, I really have to be kind of the guiding light here.
1: And she did it. And
0: she was incredibly good at it. Yep. She was as good at it as Larry H. Miller was. Absolutely. Which is, again, that's really difficult to do, especially for somebody who right. may have not cared about it or may have not had the interest in it, but had the respect for it that it really required. And
1: look at these other families. I mean, have you read into what a mess the, the Denver Broncos are? Horrible. Or the Bensons, right, in uh, in New Orleans? And uh, the Allen family, you know, this... this great, powerful American family, it's it's not easy.
0: But, like, I don't expect – does Mark – who's the guy in – who's Shark Tank? Cuban? Mark Cuban. Does he have kids? That guy? Yeah. Does he have kids? He probably does. I think so. Do I expect his kids to have his insane approach to life? Like, probably not. I I, I just don't – I don't think it's fair to expect that of your kids. I don't think it's – you know. And and at the same point, I also understand why you want for your city – Or the state to not sell it to somebody else who might come in and move the team and not have the same respect for it, which, again, was maybe the second best thing that that Gail Miller ever did beyond carrying it so well after Larry died was to sell it to the right person, to sell it to somebody who she realized, like, hey, this guy really loves the state. This guy wants to be here. Clearly, Ryan Smith is building infrastructure throughout the state of Utah. Like he wants the Jazz to be a part of that. And that was a good decision as well, because there would have been other bidders. There were other bidders.
1: Well, I'd add to that. I think part of the reason Ryan Smith was so interested in buying the jazz is because he wants the jazz to be the tip of the spear. Right. Which Correct. makes a ton of sense. Correct. I mean, outside of uh, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the jazz have got to be the biggest brand, right? Correct. The most well-known thing uh, about this community. Sure. So that, that makes a ton of sense. I, I think you're, you're right on the money. For, for the Blazers, I just hope Damian Lillard... Gets what he wants Out of all of this If he wants to go somewhere else For a better chance to win I hope he gets that If he wants to stick it out In Portland I hope the, the franchise Figures out a way To, to put a team around him Because I do I, li- I like that he's been loyal And he, you know He is one of the best players In the league And he's In my opinion Been a, a great member Of our community And I say us You know We're talking about Ogden For the most part I think But I mean what what uh, You hear all the stories been About what he does When he comes back here On road trips Yep
0: Oh, every couple of years, every two years. Every other year he goes to Weaver State and does the Alumni Classic and plays. Right. It's like, he'll play for 40 minutes of this game. He doesn't go up and sign the autograph or have a bunch of pre-printed autographs that he hands out to the kids and say, like, well... No, he's raised an alum. a little bit of money for Weber State. I'm no, out of here. Great. No, he like he cares. He wants to be a part of it. We exactly. Talk to Randy Ray every week, and they still have a relationship. Randy Ray said this was the first year he missed Dame playing here because one of his kids had an emergency. He had to go, you know, attend yep. to it, which is a coach's job. But yeah, they're they're close. He's a he's a staple in this community. So
1: like I'm rooting for him.
0: I'm with you. And you know what's ironic is maybe the best place for him to go is the same thing KG did. Like maybe he needs to go to Boston. He could go play alongside Jason Tatum if they send you know a Jalen Brown right. and maybe a young piece back. Speaking of duplication, and they could probably, you know, have some success. They could maybe
1: even win a championship in the eastern, uh, you know, coming out of the east. So, well, we'll see what kind of executive Brad Stevens is. Speaking of maybe good coach, bad executive, keeping my eye on
0: uh, that Marcus Smart and his availability.
1: Tell you, I loved. I saw some comments uh, from him about defense the other day, retweeted that yep. I thought was pretty cool. All right. Uh, let's see. We want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. The Black Friday sale has been extended through December at Davis Vision. If you're tired of glasses or contacts, get LASIK now. Save 1400 bucks. Limited spots available. So get on it. Check them out. DavisVisionMD.com or call 801-253-3080. That is Davis Vision. Jeremiah Jensen at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. Top three stories at KSLSports.com at 1130. Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 7.5 and 12.80 The Zone Jake what was your Family's relationship With food growing
0: up Was it like a Was it a big thing Did you have like Good restaurants You guys went to a
1: lot Was that kind of Not something you Valued uh, We had what we liked And we stuck to it Yeah that makes sense. Yes. Like shout out to the Rio Grande Cafe. Yes. That was our go-to oh, in, Mexican food oh, restaurant. Oh, Rio Grande over here on the, Yeah, right over Well, here. now it's I don't even know if it's temporary or not, but the earthquake made that building yes. over there yeah. not so safe. The old, so they're yeah. up by the U on 1300 East or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that building Yes. it has a place in my heart because that's where we Went out to eat when we ate Mexican That food. was one of our places, know, places, too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Like, we had our four or five or six that we loved, and that's where we went. Yes. You know, like Shivers on 33rd. That was yep. our post-Little okay. League baseball okay. go-to. Yep. Shivers If I got a couple of hits, it was like, hey, guess what? Guess what? We're going <laughs> to Shivers. We're taking it to Shivers. <laughs> So that's that's where it was at. Yeah, yeah, We were talking well, old money and
0: new money during the break. Uh, based on our generational uh, conversation. Yes, uh, and just kind list. of how different people eat. And, yeah. you know, to how my family... We, we were kind of the same thing. We'd go to Rio Grande, like, a couple times a year we'd go to Market Street. And that was, like, kind of the spendiest the that my parents would do. And even then, we weren't yeah. getting crabs and steaks you know what I mean yeah. they were like my mom was like I like the clam chowder uh-huh. so it was like it was like a kind of a nicer place to go it was sure. kind of fun but it wasn't you know huge spendy but it also was a little bit of a different flavor than just going to whatever the closest restaurant was
1: to us we did uh, uh, we did brunch you know that was kind of our family thing but I'll tell you this both my grandmothers on both sides uh-huh. were insane. Cooks, chefs, okay. whatever, yep. are insane because my my grandmother on the Scott side is actually in town visiting, and she is amazing. She's she ruined crab cakes for me uh, anywhere else because oh, hers were so good, so good okay. that I, I even you know speaking of Market Street and their yeah. their crab cakes are fine. I'm not trying to, you know, but you, even down. you had a nice restaurant like that, and you get a crab cake. and It's like man, eh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Uh, but she, of course, uh, spent the vast majority of her, her life on the Chesapeake Bay. Like oh wow. Yeah, that's you yeah. know that's, was that's what they, yeah yep. the, that's what they do. So a lot of our family meals, Ben, where you know you've got uh, you've got a chef like that at your disposal, then be foolish yeah yeah why yeah why go out why go anywhere else so uh, give grandma a break anyway what a what a random thing but do you you mentioned i didn't even know this that uh our uh senator mitt romney his favorite food is hot dogs which is funny because there's like kind of the famous photo of
0: him with donald trump remember they went out to dinner before i don't know if it was after he'd gotten elected or before whatever it was after and they're eating frog legs so it's not like he doesn't eat fancy food you know what i mean it's not like he doesn't Live like a millionaire. But he likes hot dogs. But he has said he said very famously. I think I don't know if it was on the campaign trail or whatever. Just kind of because he has probably a little bit more of an everyman than his you know kind of sheen would would imply. And he said his favorite meat is he said his favorite meat is hot dog. Okay. Which hot dog is not a meat. It's a no. type of food. But you know he's just he, we're just talking about yeah how people eat and kind of the funny different things of, of of what people like to do.
1: Anyways. In fact, hot dogs can be made out of multiple. Oh meats. yeah. I'm, a, I'm not above a hot dog. I love a good hot dog. Oh, man, I love a good hot dog. Okay, Ben. <laughs> Going from hot dogs to something a little bit more serious, uh, John Madden no, passed away. No, it's not more serious. John Madden is the hot dogs of humanity, right? Everyone loves John Madden. Everyone loves hot Everyone dogs. Loves Everyone loves John. John Madden. Yep. Everyone yep. has a different relationship with him. Which is amazing, which is uh, really my take on John Madden, Ben. He was accidentally... And I'll explain that in a second. But accidentally, one of the world's most influential people of a generation. Multiple generations.
0: I think if you were to make a cliche radio Mount Rushmore of sports figures in the history of the world. From an influence standpoint. John Madden might be the number one pick. He might be on there. Oh, he would be on there. You're thinking number one pick. I'm trying to think of people. I mean, MJ. Right. Yep. Because of what he did for, like, kind of the fashion for Nike. Well, what
1: he did for players by saying, like, you yourself are a money-making entity. It's not about your salary with the team. It's also about promotion and sponsorships and a a whole new way to maximize your career. So, yes, Michael Jordan for sure. MJ's on there. And, you know, you could probably expand this into European soccer, and
0: there's a few names you could throw out there for sure. But, man, it's – I mean, the NFL is not the NFL without John Madden. No. In any way, shape, or form.
1: Well, I mean, to start off, he he was a great coach, Super Bowl-winning coach, but at a time where it wasn't necessarily a guarantee that the NFL was going to make it. It wasn't the most glamorous sport. I mean, it wasn't the sport in in the country. Well, you mentioned... Donald Trump, wasn't he a big part of the reason the USFL started yeah. up in the early 80s? Yeah. Because the NFL wasn't this Correct. It wasn't impenetrable. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't one of those things. So, you know, he was a great coach and a figure at a time when the NFL really needed it. And then to go in to broadcasting and influence the game in a completely different manner and honestly be the best broadcaster. Yeah, the best color analyst in football history. In sports, yeah. maybe. History. And funny, to do it for a long time, funny, smart, you know, the irreverent. Working with a number of of former players in an analyst role, you know, throughout my career, I've I've talked to a number of them about like translating. Whatever the sport is, into something that's consumable by your average guy like me yeah. is a skill. Really good because yeah, sports be really are complex, and when you play or coach or whatever, you can speak an entirely different language that leaves me glassy-eyed, thinking like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. But the best can translate what they know and see into something consumable, and I don't know if there's anybody that's been better at that than John Madden. And we've tried to replicate him for a long time. I mean, remember when Monday Night Football went out? got Dennis
0: Miller yeah, because John Madden was so funny on top of being so good at explaining what was going on in the game he was so funny at recognizing moments the humanity of it the people he loved the people of it and that was fun that was a fun part to watch he was a thought, tune in correct he, he was yes. a regi- he was a reason to watch right and and you know maybe the closest to that right now is Tony Romo and still
1: Tony Romo is nowhere close to what John Madden right. could do so the, the closest to John Madden as far as tune in factor is Charles Barkley correct as far as yes, as broadcasters as right now like in the in the realm. You don't care who's playing right. on Thursday night TNT. You're tuning in to see what Charles has to say. I think that's probably fair. I think that's probably right. John Madden was that for thirty years? Yeah. Twenty five yeah. years?
0: Yeah. It and was then, certainly the, the sound of football to right. me growing up. Not just the voice, but what that's what it sounded like in the background. Because we didn't have access to 10 games like we do now yeah. growing up. There was a couple of games. Maybe you had Monday Night Football. But like when you could hear John Madden, it sounded like
1: Sunday. It sounded like football. And to the video game part, and here's what I meant by accidentally. He was an incredibly, incredible football coach that helped build the sport. Build the foundation. After that, somebody came to him and said, Hey, you're kind of a character. Yeah. Uh, we'd like to give you some dough. You want to, we're trying to put this thing on right. TV. What, well, what, what do you say about coming on and, uh, talking out your keister for a couple of hours? And he said, Well, psh- sure. Sure. Yeah. I like the Why game. Why not? And then all of a sudden becomes a, a legend in a whole new realm. And then with the video game, he's, he's probably sitting at his kitchen table and his phone rings well, and it's, it's a fledged, Fledgling? Fledgling video game company called EA Sports right. that's just trying to make it. And right. they say, hey, John, if we give you some dough, will you put your name on our game? I
0: don't think it was a part of the documentary, but maybe it was because I didn't actually see the Christmas Day documentary that came out about him, which now I obviously have to watch, and I'm sure they will re-air right. because he is—he passed away yesterday. But it was. It was this company that said, hey, we've written on kind of this, like, its it was better than the rest of the football games that had been written for computers before. And design, and the, but we needed something. They needed something for it. And they said, "Yeah, we'll just go to John Madden." And he was like, "I'll take your money. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: love the money. And a v- voice track. Yeah, what yeah. A voice you draw track. Me, you draw me into it. It would be like in that original. Those original Maddens. Uh, I don't know if I ever had the original. I might have. I mean, you know, yeah. like every kid Correct. my age, we we had them. He he maybe had four or five lines in the whole game, right? I mean, he probably it took him probably 3 minutes to record the whole voice track for those original games and I'm sure he got points in it and putting his name on it was the the vehicle to get that that game to the masses. But and he
0: also brought an authority to it. I mean, he brought a, a, a seriousness to it. Like, it, it was yes. real if Madden was a part of it because Madden was a part of it the was, NFL. It was legit. It felt like there were there was Tech Mobile. Like, there were super, tech, like, good games. Yes. Like, some fun games, games that are very memorable. But Madden felt, because it had his name on it, it gave it an authority that the other games never had. And it's taught generations football. Oh, I can't tell you the impact it's had on me. Yeah. It's been more impactful for me learning the game. How do you know what the cover two has been? Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. Blitz
1: schemes, all these different things I learned from watching Madden. Or taught, playing Madden. Taught the no, game no doubt about to it. now multiple generations. And he, he just was open to the idea of putting some cash in his pocket and changes the world. And it's Accidentally not
0: just, changes the world. It's not just a game people play in the States either, which is one of the problems the NFL has is that it has not totally caught on around Nobody the world cares, the way the NBA you know? has. But the game is big all over the world. The game sells everywhere. So it is getting the NFL in different homes where it's not being watched, but it's being played on the video games. So, I mean, that impact, I have a very truly millennial relationship with John Madden, which is mostly through video games. And then up until I was 12 or 13, he was the voice of Sundays. But, like, I was not who he was as a coach. His history of the Raiders Like it was a little bit Of boom Tough acting To acting Like I remember that But it's not like this Oh I get who he was As an NFL person No it's definitely The after The entertainment side of it And and like you said Yeah he's Charles Barkley And,
1: and he was great at it See he's not a coach to me And I was uh, I owned Multiple Madden versions You know It was on my Christmas list yep. Pretty much every year like, yep. like definitely familiar With the video game Although I'm not A video game person anymore But at that point in my life But see he's a broadcaster To me Yep first because during my my most impressionable sports period Ben, he was the voice he was the voice. he was he and Pat Summerall yep. were the how and I kid, could do and was I were. was the type of kid you know 10 11 12 13 all the way through my teenage years really where if you wanted to find me on Sunday I was watching the NFL that's yep. what I did I was uh, that, that was my Reward for the week, Ben. Was, was <laughs> good. even at a young myself age. myself at ten. Going to be watching the NFL. That was John
0: Madden. Yep. So it, it, it's it's as important a person. I mean, honestly, the, you want to do the butterfly effect. I mean, there's a decent chance you and I aren't sitting here without John Madden. Just oh, because. Sure. Sure. You know, he just makes everything matter. He made football matter. And because football matter, college football matters. Because college football matter, there's radio stations here in Salt Lake City. And because there's radio stations, you and I get to have a job. I mean, the trickle down of the importance of guys like that is is immeasurable. It's so pretty crazy. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know, you, you hope he had a, I mean, he had an incredible life, you know. And, and, I, and it seems like everyone's celebrating that. And I think that's a good thing.
1: Now, my question is, do you think he was unbelievably familiar with the nation's highway system, or was he the type of guy that was napping in that bus when they were driving from, from city to so city? Famously,
0: most people know this, but if you don't, he hated flying. He was afraid of flying. So he took a bus everywhere. So the nice thing of not having to of playing once a week is yeah, you could actually get anywhere in the country you want. You're in Boston. No, he's a coach. Sunday he's a coach. He probably was telling the bus driver which route to take. Hey! By year seven. Yeah. No! <laughs> Take the I-5! <laughs> right. You think this is the first time I've done this? Yeah. Yes. Come on. He, he probably had scenic routes. Because well, he was also the guy who would
1: enjoy, like, yeah. no, we're going to drive through the national park on the way to get there. He, he was a full human. Well, and he, the majority of his career was certainly spent without GPS, right? Oh, 100%. Ben, I don't know. This, oh, he had a map. This might be a I bet gap. I John had his own map. <laughs> this might be a gap between you and me, but I remember in my 20s taking road trips with friends where we still were pulling out the percent oh, You know, and arguing in the car about which way was the was the best to go. You're but, right.
0: Yeah. You're five years older than I am, so I was printing things off the internet. I was printing maps off the internet. Right. I didn't have the big fold-out atlas, yep. but I was printing the map off and still had to follow it with my finger and put certain check marks down.
1: I went through, uh, we went on a road trip, and point is we were going from Madison to Chicago, and I won the argument because I was sitting shotgun on which route to take into Chicago. I was wrong, Ben. <laughs> I think I added like an hour and a half oh, onto no. our drive. Like, no, Oof. this isn't it. Went through a couple of neighborhoods we probably shouldn't have gone through, and it's like, why didn't we just stay on the interstate? It's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I got
0: this. I swear. I missed a turn off for Denver one time which is hard to do, and we ended up driving an hour past and an hour back, oh. and my friend slept the whole time. So he just <laughs> Didn't know? Didn't know.
1: Didn't know? That's nice. <laughs> that worked out well. Uh, anyway, John Madden, uh, yeah, certainly an impactful. Yeah, incredible life. Absolutely. Worth celebrating. All right, stay tuned. We will have more Jake and Ben coming up next. Don't forget Jeremiah Jensen at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. KSL, uh, top three stories at kslsports.com at 1130. is Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is Wednesday. That means it's a win ticket Wednesday. Let's do this right now. Caller number 12, 340 zone You're going to get a pair of tickets to go see comedian Whitney Cummings, the reigning queen of American stand-up comedy at Kingsbury Hall on January 8th uh, for her Touch Me tour. Great seats are still available. Go to Ticketmaster.com. Brought to you by LiveNation.com.
0: I worked at Kingsbury Hall for a little while, Jake, in the ticket booth. One of my favorite jobs I've ever had. Really? Ticket booth at a like a theater. Like a like yeah, a, like cool. Eccles or Kingsbury. It's really cool. So it's fun. Yeah. And the people come in, like that is the funny part. Like at Whitney Cummings would be walking around. You know, I remember yeah, like yeah. a bunch of the people that are just like I'm here in town, but I'm not here for, I'm not going to go do anything. Like, I've got to be here tonight. So they'll just kind of walk around the campus or something like that, and you'd, you'd get to see them run around. It was kind of fun.
1: So I've seen many things at Kingsbury Hall. I've also seen many things at Capitol Theater. Yeah. And here's my take on old theaters. What size were the people? Correct. When that theater was built, now Correct. hey, I'm not I'm not trying to talk trash on Kingsbury. Go to the show for sure, but the seats are so much more narrow, and Correct. I'm not I'm not a wide person to begin I with. I went to
0: Nutcracker two Sundays ago, and yeah, I, I'm six feet tall. Like I feel like I'm a very
1: normal sized person,
0: right? You're sitting on top of the person in front
1: of you. You are. My knees are over the lady in front of me every single time. And maybe that has something to do with, like, you want as many seats in there because tickets are really where you're making all your yep. dough, and, like, you, you want to get as many people into that building as possible, and I guess I understand that, but it's like, every, I think about that every time I go to one of those theaters. Like, yes. Yes. And and by the way, it does not stop me from going.
0: No, and they're fun. That's actually kind of part of the charm, right? The but,
1: architecture and
0: all that. But stuff. you were yeah, talking yeah. about how you took the took the kids to a movie the other day, and how radically movies have changed. Where now every seat is like a first class airliner. You oh, know, you, you can have recline a, and it yeah. heats, and it has cup holders and two cup holders. So you can put your candy on one side, and it's it, it's way better. It's, it's more about so the experience. Much more enjoyable. Yeah, now.
1: exactly. So anyway, though. Um, Whitney Cummings, go see her. Are you, You're a comedian fan, Ben. Do you like her work? I do. I like comedians. I, she's fine. I think
0: she's, you know, she, she would be fun to see live, I bet. She has a real energy live that I bet's really enjoyable.
1: I used to watch those roasts on Comedy Central uh-huh. uh, pretty religiously back when I watched television uh, other than sports, and uh, she was on a couple of those. I don't I don't remember anything other than she was fairly raunchy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's that's probably a good thing if you're calling in. Don't take good your thing kids. To know. Yeah.
1: Probably not taking your kids to the Touch Me tour. No.
0: <laughs> but, no.
1: you want to go on a date,
0: taking a friend out, whatever you want to do, should be fun.
1: I saw Bill Cosby once oh, at uh, Kingsbury Hall, mm-hmm. long before his uh, personal life was was revealed as what yeah. it is.
0: How was Bill? You know what? You hate to say it? Excellent. It was his hilarious. Stand-up was. He, I mean, he's was a legendary standby
1: comedian. Yeah. Saw the Scalar brothers out there at, uh, at I uh, Wise the Wise Guys. Brothers. Man, You're they talking were about
0: filling in for Jim Rome. Oh, it was brilliant. They're my favorite Rome fill-ins. So I'd, next I next to
1: DJ and PK. I have not seen uh, I've not seen many comedians in person, but the Scalars were pretty. I'm going to John Mulaney here in this building in a couple of months. Would be very exciting. I'm excited for that. I'm glad Gaffigan came and yep. and put on a show because yep. now I don't have to hear those ads anymore. She's <laughs> coming, gone. Listen. I think I've I think I've said this on this show before but listen we, we listen to a lot of commercials when uh-huh. we're doing the jazz broadcast yep. we just do so we we hear a lot of them over and over again yeah. and I'm I've never seen Jim Gaffigan's work and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's brilliant but when you hear the same four jokes yeah over and over and over again every single night it was It's also tough cuz
0: he's not like punchline guy so like he's kind of storyteller guy, so he kind of weaves in and out of yeah. things for long stretches. Yes, and they're trying to turn that into a 15-second clip or a five-second clip to put into a 15-second spot. It doesn't translate, and it gets old.
1: And it's not like Jim Gaffigan is... Bowler, right? That has the the smooth Correct. pipes, you Correct. know. The, what you, yeah, right? <laughs> like Bowler could read the read the phone book to me, and I'd probably enjoy it. You know what I mean? That's not him. So, do you have jokes
0: like a lot of people, Megan? I'm curious about you as well. And I'm not asking you to tell them. We can tell them off the air. Do you like have like a couple of go to jokes that you like to rely on? Like this is if I if someone asked me to tell a joke, this is the one I would go to. Because I feel like for a long time that was the thing. Like people, like people had jokes. It was like you're a salesman, so you need to have a couple of jokes that you can tell to break the ice. Places. I don't feel like we have to have that anymore. But as I'm reaching my mid thirties, I have a joke or two that I like to tell.
1: See, I don't. Well, the the jokes I actually remember would easily get me canceled if <laughs> I told them even in private. Correct. So yeah. like they've been retired. Yeah. obviously.
0: I have no jokes. I just quote movie liners. Yeah. Yeah, which is what what we've done. You know, we've gotten to that point where that is where the jokes come from
1: now. You want to you try one out, Ben? I don't. No? No, we're wanna, not going to be on this We've got an audience long. for now. <laughs> try it out. We'll give it a little review. We'll have people weigh in.
0: I don't want the review with my bosses is the problem. That's not the oh, review okay. want. Oh, okay. It's you
1: know. one of those. We don't want to get you canceled publicly. Yeah. I just don't want to lose my job. Well, we. I, I'd like you to keep your job, too, Ben, so maybe we shouldn't tell the joke. All right. But yeah, no, I I don't know if I've ever been icebreaker joke guy. And a lot of guys, a lot of women have just jokes. They just have a lot of people know a lot of jokes. I don't know a lot of jokes, but see, I rely heavily on the 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 sports for my icebreaker. Yes, that's it, it's one of the best things about sports. Listen, as as the husband to an attorney, yeah, I go Is she to a sports fan. Uh, yes and no, not like. Really passionate about it, but she'll sit down and, yeah. and watch it. She's she has a fantasy football team. She oh, really? Of, she kind of manages. That's good. Yeah, you know, like she doesn't dislike sports, but it's kind of nice that she doesn't want to talk about it all the time. But but here's the thing: I go to a lot of functions. I'm the arm candy, Ben. Yeah, and and trophy it's, husband. It's fine. I'm. I, I'm friendly, like I like talking to people. But you end up talking to a lot of people that you you probably will never see again. Yeah. And man, sports is nice. Great. Oh, yeah. I could I find killed. out what you do. Oh, dude, throw out a couple of stories. And it's great. You you can kill hours talking to people that you probably have nothing in common with, other than the fact that you like sports. Correct. It's brilliant. No it right. is. No, it's why it's why they are what they are. It's, it's why they really exist. true. Yeah. It's like okay, I'll I'll kill some time here. And then I don't have to listen to like the legalese that's going on with the other conversation that I have no idea. Ben, you're a lot smarter than me, so you probably don't get involved in a lot of conversations that are above your head. But it happens to me a lot.
0: Oh, I' am smart enough to dip out of conversations. Well, see, I that's my thing. It's
1: nice to 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 pull somebody else aside and say, "Hey, hey, how about the Mets?" <laughs> sports fan. <laughs> sports fan. You're a sports fan. <laughs> okay. Sports fan. <laughs>
0: Let's talk. Let's go. Let's go over
1: to the table. We'll talk. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to hear about the latest from the Fourth District or whatever court. You know, the latest decision. No, I'll just talk about the three-two zone. That Syracuse Did you see what Did
0: you See what Scherzer's doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How about those Mets? <laughs> oh, and and here is the thing: is is being in sports that I know just enough about pretty much Everything. any team. Yeah. That I can have at least a somewhat educated conversation to about whatever. At the yeah, very like, least, you have something like, to "Hey, you like sports? What team do you like?" Oh, okay, I could, I could dive into some, some Minnesota Golden Gophers <laughs> yeah. basketball. How about that, Chris yeah. Humphries? Huh? Yeah, huh? Right. That guy was a baller. I mean, they're really more of a hockey school, if you yeah. ask me. <laughs> uh, that's so true. Man, you're a Vikings fan. I don't know why I'm picking on Minnesota. Uh, Gary Anderson missed yeah. some kicks. Yeah, heartbreaker. But they got the stadium. They oh, got hey, the new they stadium. Got it done. That old place was a dump. <laughs> it's amazing. We really know how to use
0: our 90 years on this on this planet. Well, <laughs> yeah, we do. I can I can kill off really some conversations. The most out <laughs> of
1: <this. laughs> oh man, stay tuned. Uh, we will have more Jacob Ben coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone.